Welcome to Married to Movies. Industry insiders John Russell and Tracy Kring live and work happily in cinematrimony. They're sharing behind-the-scenes adventures of writing, producing, and appreciating films. Good morning, babe. Good morning, babe. How you doing? Good. So, this is part two. Part two. Part D. Part D. That's right. This is the uh, podcast Strikes Back. The best episode. Oh, whenever you said part two, I automatically went to um, Hot Shots? Apocalypse Now. No, yeah. <laughs> okay. Isn't is it Apocalypse Now part D? No, that's Hot Shots part D. Oh, uh, what? Apocalypse Now? Why there, am I thinking there is French There is word? no sequel to Apocalypse Now. No, no, but like... The it, real like, Apocalypse. No, it's like the extended <laughs> version was called so. What yeah, yeah. Uh, well, yeah, that uh, that's uh, Apocalypse Now, the... Uh, it was like a French word, wasn't it? Uh, I don't know. Alexa, that's... what's the extended version of Apocalypse Now called? Hmm, I don't know that oh, one. Yeah, thank, thank you, Alexa. Completely useless. It was like the... All right, anyway. Is, is is this really what's important right now? No, keep going. <laughs> oh, it was called Redo. Redux. Redux. Uh, that's not French. I've completely blown this. No, it's fine. It's fine. Anyway, uh, we really liked what we were talking about yesterday. And we did not want to edit it down. So we just thought that we would continue our conversation. So, here is what we did yesterday for your listening enjoyment today. Redux do. They want their names. They want their credits. And there are a lot of B, C, D, Z list filmmakers who uh, tap in and these people all become producers uh, of the film by uh, going into the crowdfunding campaigns. I mean, th- like one person will be uh, on 50 different films. They'll be a producer because they gave money, you know, to the crowdfunding campaign. To me, that's a double-edged sword. One, it dilutes what producers are. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> oh, absolutely it does. <laughs> and two, it's completely useless. Like, like if I was like, oh, you know, look how many films this person's produced. They literally gave $500. Yes, they gave $500. $500 to 50 filmmakers. Me personally, you can buy a credit, but buy the right credit for what you're doing. You could be an executive producer, but you need to put in the comparable, you know, service or or money mm-hmm. to be an executive producer. I don't believe in just giving producer credits. In the end, it actually hurts. We're not even talking about, like, the producer necessarily credit. Like, you know, there are these films and they'll have 34 producers. They'll have 60 producers or whatever. That's not even what these people uh, are doing. Make them a specific role. Like, hey, you're going to be the person shuttling the talent Mm -hmm. from this place to this place. You know, you're going to be picking this important person up at the airport. You're going to be their chauffeur. That is one of the things I've always loved about this business is that it really is a ground up business. It is like give somebody an opportunity and they can grow. They can like, you know, learn a new job and they can be doing a, a, this next job and it's this next job. And yeah, of course, some people are going to have the inside track. You know, some people are like, you know, uh, it'll be like, okay, it was her debut film and she won the Palm Door. All right, it happens, ma'am. It has happened. It does happen. That doesn't mean that it could happen. <laughs> okay? On Smart List last night, we were watching, and 
uh, they ask, you know, well, Matt Damon was the guest. They ask, you know, how did you meet Ben Affleck? Like, right. when did that happen? And he said, you know, I was 10 and he was 8. Right. Like, literally. Right. <laughs> they were nobody and they worked really hard. They, like, moved in together, pulled the resources. Yes. You know, I mean, these guys, like, they, they really went after it. Yes, but Matt Damon went to Harvard for five years. There is a still a level of privilege there. Yes, yes. They, they, they were not in the hood. No, they were not when in they the hood. Met. Yes. As neighbors, no. Right. They they had a yes. They had a certain white man privilege. Oh, absolutely. They did hustle and they tried hard and like they were like just about to like quit the business at times and you know it's an interesting story but it's just like the the Beatles. How did the Beatles meet? Oh, they were like living in the same town. That's they true. They were like freaking neighbors. That's true. Okay, these things happen yes. where you're just that's just going to happen. Well, that was the, um, I was watching the Adam Sandler when they gave him the Mark Twain Award. And one of the things that was uh, pretty amazing was that kind of like everybody that Adam Sandler has met in his life, he sort of like drugged them along with him. So the earlier you knew Adam Sandler, the more successful you are now. Because as Adam Sandler became successful, he brought everybody he knew with him on the journey. And that's what we should be doing. And and that's kind of the, the, the benefit of, you know, being a person who's coming on, let's say even as a PA, you know, and not being like, ah, I want to move up, you know, can we network, you know, not not that kind of thing. But like just being a genuinely nice person, somebody you enjoy being around, somebody you want to see succeed. When you're a director or you're an AD or you're, you're in a position of power and there's somebody that works like just under you that you're talking to, I can tell when you want my job. We see you calculating. <laughs> I can see see it in your little beady eyes that you are looking for an opportunity (laughs) to take away what I'm doing and so that you can do it. And here's what I have to say about that. One, it never happens. And two, I never want you on my set again. No. No, you you are not out. You're not socialistic. (laughs) And then there are other people that are just like, just doing their thing and loving their thing and having a great time. And I'm just like, motherfucker, why aren't you doing more? Okay, (laughs) this is a biblical principle. It is. I'm sorry. It is. Getting called up to the It's almost like church here, folks. No, I I mean, look, (laughs) I... I don't know if I had... I'm not going to even explain my spirituality. (laughs) I don't think I could. It's all over the map. But I believe in truth. Right. I would say if I was going to be religious about anything, I would would believe in a a scientific, in a quantifiable, in a spiritual, in a humanistic truth. Right. For this planet Earth. Right. Not for other planets. (laughs) Right. Exactly. We have no idea. For here. That's right. For this system we're working. Right. Now, it is true. If you are humble. Right. If you are open to you know feedback if you're honing it you know you're just happy and doing your thing everybody will look down at you and think wow they're making that look really easy they're mm-hmm. having a good time right. people like them they will call you up they will call you up right like hey 
let me give you a seat of prominence. Let me give you more power and more responsibility because you have shown how wonderful you were in this other position. Now, if you're standing by the curtain in the shadow behind my shoulder... Sure. Um, first, you're not in my purview. Right. You're putting yourself outside of my ability to help mm-hmm. you or call you up, right? I look over my shoulder and you're just like standing there with a creepy grin and a knife in your hand. <laughs> you're waiting... <laughs> You're waiting for me to do anything that you can jump on and criticize. Yes. Uh, I don't want you back there. Right, exactly. You're going to get removed from That's the banquet right. hall. Hey, I read Julius Caesar. I know how the story ends. Et tu, Brute. <laughs> Yeah, we don't want no Brute. Yeah, yeah that, that's right. <laughs> no, no Brute in this Brute. <laughs> yeah, get out my ass. <laughs> You can't be so hungry that you're taking food off of other people's plates. Ooh, I don't see this person all the time. You know, it's our responsibility where it, when we are in positions of power to uh, make the playing field, you know, even for everybody. On on Smartless, Kevin Hart talked about, you know, that that he has this business and he's, you know, going into other businesses because he is in the position he's in and he feels responsible to make, to create opportunities for other people. Right. As a female on set and off, I feel responsible to make sure that I'm nurturing the women around me who are expressing interest. I thought what was really interesting about what he said that way, because... It wasn't like he was saying, yeah, you know, I, I I start a lot of charities and, you know, and I open up a lot of homeless shelters. No, he's talking about business. He's talking about he does business for himself that makes him a lot of money. Sure. So that he can give opportunity for other people. Sure. I mean, you know, it's not selfless, you know. I personally do not even really believe in the concept of selflessness. If you want something for yourself, then you want it for other people. I, I don't know if this is goes along with that, but I have heard you say this often, that if you're not being useful, you're useless. Yeah, yeah. I, abs- I, I don't absolutely- know if that has anything to do with being selfless. I don't know. Well, I just- I, well, you know, th- this notion that, you know, I'm going to do something and, and it's not about me. It's, it's about other people. No, it's about the way it makes me feel. It makes me feel good. It makes me feel... Right. It, well, it fills my heart up to I do hope, something great for somebody else. Well, guess what? I hope it does because otherwise you're going to grow resent. Right. I mean, you're going to hate the people that you're doing this for eventually if you're not getting anything out of it. That's a ridiculous notion that you're getting nothing out of it. It all starts with self-love. And I'm not talking about masturbation. I'm just, it's, Which is a but different form of self-love. You are. Well, you It's not. you. Yeah, you you're, are. Yeah, you're, you're probably right. So definitely um, check out the Smartless um, series. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I had not even heard of it before. I mean, and I'm sure I'm like super, super late to the uh, party there. But uh, they, uh, I felt like they really kind of tapped into the camaraderie and the fun and the um, adjustment and the... You know, the work of, uh, you know, creating something. I I think the last two episodes, like, you can definitely tell the editing changed a little bit. Mm. They started making it more emotional, less about food. Yes, yes. You know, (laughs) it was like, it was a good shtick for a while, but coming up to the ending, they were like, how are we going to end this? And they decided to kind of, like, turn it emotional. They did, like, a post-game credit sequence. Yes. um, That was lovely. Another show that I watched that was just wrapping up was Somebody Somewhere. Mm -hmm. Love that. 
that show. There's two seasons mm-hmm. on Max. I do not understand the writing, directing, acting, and editing on that show. And if you really want... Directed by Duplass. It was. J. Duplass. It was so strange. The whole time, the way the character was acting was... Uh, I, I basically was like, she is. she has become so resigned to what's going on. Like, literally, she had a shitty season. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, she's in this little town, like, starting over because her sister had died of cancer. Right. So in in the season, spoiler alert, spoiler alert, spoiler alert, she basically, her best friend in the world is lying to her about having a significant other. You know, she finds out from her sister that her dead sister was trying to cure her own cancer and that's why she died. Her truck doesn't work anymore. I mean, like her choir teacher dies. Like she's having a shitty time. Right. And she's also alone. She she has no significant other. Well, and she's, she's, that doesn't matter. And she's cutting everybody out, though. The problem is she's cutting everybody out of her life. Well, I think it I think it does matter because I think that the root of her problem is always how alone she feels. Well, that comes from selfishness with her character, too. So, in this last episode, though, I'm like, the tone of this, what they are creating here is so nerve-wracking because mm-hmm. after every scene, at the end of every scene, I thought, oh, she's going to commit suicide. Oh, she's gonna have a heart attack. The the vibe that they created, I don't I don't know if that was what they meant to do. I okay, I I disagree with you because I've not seen all the episodes this season. I did watch all of the first season. And to me, it really tapped into a beautiful melancholy that one feels in the midst of happy moments. But yeah, I agree. And then the character dies. <laughs> Thanks to our sponsor, Movie Mode Merch, the graphic t-shirt store to outfit you for your next film set. Be the person wearing the t-shirt everyone asks, hey, where'd you get that shirt? Cast and crew alike love these inside jokes and filmmaking inspired designs. Check them out on Insta at Movie Mode Merch. There should be an ending. There should be a moment. There should be some sort of... And it just keeps going. You know what? And they could be brilliant for this. If it was intentional. If that was intentional. Mm -hmm. It is the most wonderful example of edging. Ooh, okay. In an edit I've ever seen. We went from masturbation to edging. All right. We're moving in the right direction. They edged the fuck out of me. Because just when I'm thinking, oh, God. Just a tip, folks. No, like, she literally was, like, exerting herself. Somebody was dancing on her back. Like, she was, like, getting aerobic. Right. Okay? Right. And then she sits down on the corner of the stage. Mm-hmm. Having delivered this amazing song. Yeah. Danced her ass off. Right. And she's just breathing hard. And I'm like, now she has a heart attack. Right. Okay? Right. They took me right up to the edge. And when she went home, you thought, oh, maybe she's going to kill her herself in her house yes maybe she is so resigned and so accepted right her life right that she will now take it right they edged the fuck out of me and i'm just gonna say if you meant to do that i think that's what they meant to do okay then it was brilliant yeah because life goes on you know there aren't these like moments all the time it feels like the end credits should roll it's like okay that that moment that that party, that wedding, that death, something, the end credits should roll after that. And then it doesn't happen. 
It's it's Bridget Everett. Bridget Everett. And, you know, she's like a singer, like burlesque, Kantian singer. Right. Lady. Um, I love her overt sexuality because she does not look like she should be super com- comfortable with being like overtly sexual. And she just doesn't give a fuck. Well, I mean, that's what, that, that's what the media tells you. Right. You should think. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. The media is saying someone like Bridget Everett shouldn't have sexuality. But we do. Right. <laughs> she is like, you know, boom, ba, boom, ba, boom, boom, in your face and, you know, and, you know, in, in the towels and in it's, the, I mean, she, she loves herself. She loves her body. I don't know. I don't know how she feels. I mean, that, I mean, that's the vibe of the show. Yeah. I don't know how she feels. I don't know. I'm not going to make that assumption on another woman, but, um, I love seeing her. I enjoy her tremendously. Um, actually, you know, the song that she sings when she is rehearsing with her choir teacher is the song she sang at Amy Schumer's wedding. Oh, in real life. Yeah. In real life. Right. <laughs> Which I thought, oh, that was an interesting choice. But, uh, Jeff Hiller is her best friend, Joel, in that show. And they are an amazing duo. He, I I cannot, I don't know where the hell he came from, but he's amazing. I, I, I love the change that's happened in television because a guy like Jeff Hiller would not have made it, you know, 10 years ago. You would never have seen the talent and the humor and just, you know, the heart of someone like him. There wouldn't have been a place for him. The thing I love about Jeff Hiller is he feels like who would be like my BFF in real life. Mm-hmm. He's freaking hilarious. Right. And it's a it's a very sweet little touching show. The characters are not uh, cookie cut. You know, they're not simplistic. I mean, uh, the character of Fred, who is a, a trans character, is just the wisest and funniest and smartest. And, you know, and just Mike almost Hag- it's almost like a character from the Andy Griffith show. Yeah. Yeah. No, Fred. I love Fred. Fred is one of my most favorite characters. And and, um, uh, Mike Haggerty. Mike Haggerty is the daddy, uh, Ed. Right. And Ed and Fred just like have this amazing friendship over farming. And Fred even says in this last episode, you know, how Ed is like one of his best friends because they just kind of came together over a mutual love of farming. And it wasn't about who we were or who we weren't. It was just, you know, a mutual love. So, you know, I, I think, you know, we should seal this all up by saying, fuck you, Ron DeSantis. These are amazing people. Leave them alone. <laughs> Ron DeSantis is going to be building a wall down there soon. <laughs> oh, no. You ain't going to be able to travel from Alabama, Georgia. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, well, you, you know what they said was that, yeah, uh, they said that um, they're... Uh, talking about doing a, a boycott of a uh, trucking to Florida. Oh, wow. You know, the way that uh, uh, migrants have uh, started to not, you know, come to work and uh, to pick the fields and stuff like that in Florida. Now they're talking about trucking because of uh, all the new rules. If I were to say Ron DeSantis were saint. Yeah, I, w- I would agree with um, that. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I think there would be a fair amount of I've seen the Antichrist. I've seen the Antichrist and he is not impressive. Not in the least. I mean, Damian Thorne uh, from what was a much cooler Antichrist than Trump or DeSantis or any of them. So I think I picked the right team. No, DeSantis is like Vigo Mortensen. <laughs> oh, no. Vigo is so great. I love Vigo. Yeah. He's, he's my favorite devil. Not that guy. Oh, not or or um, uh, Robert De Niro in uh, Angel Heart. Yeah. He's a great devil, too. I don't think you could pull Angel Heart off nowadays. You probably, well, yeah. People are, people, Louis Cipher. Here, uh, that's true. Louis 
Okay, it would be like... How was I so surprised by that the, when the his audience, name was Lewis Cipher? The audience would be like, oh, what was that character's name? Lewis Cipher? Oh, you mean Lucifer. <laughs> well, there was a whole series called Lucifer, and, it, you know, I, I, I think it was... Um, yeah, you just, you could not make Angel Heart. You have to be much more clever than that now. Yeah, you probably could. Uh, uh, my name is uh, Azo Modius. Good to meet you. Billsy. Bub. <laughs> they call me Mr. Bub. Yeah. Hi, Bub. Yeah. Oh, really? Billsy? Is, is that that's your name? Billsy. Huh? Yeah, it's Billsy. A fa- it's a family name. It, well, you, you, you know, my name's Bill. <laughs> and, you know, Just call me Bill. I'm Billsy. You know? Hey, Billsy. <laughs> Bub. <laughs> it's not, it's not, it doesn't work. <laughs> Thank God we can always identify the devil by his stupid names. All right. Well, this has been fun. It went, once again, many, many different places. We went way too long. I know, we know. We're going to have to cut a lot of stuff. You probably just cut my religious stuff. Oh, no. Don't cut the religious stuff. We'll probably cut the Ron DeSantis stuff. Definitely. All right. All right. Uh, Well, we we need to say a goodbye or something. Oh, shit. We never said, I'm Tracy. Okay. Let's say that right now. No, I just did. But you just said I'm Tracy? I'm Tracy. I'm John. And this is Married to Movies. You already listened to it, but, you know, you get it. (laughs) (laughs) It's hard not to get romantic about movies. Thanks for listening to Married to Movies. John and Tracy will meet you for breakfast tomorrow. Thanks to our sponsor, Movie Mode Merch. Comfortable graphic tees made by and for awesome filmmakers to wear on set and